I'm so excited to be here. I'm just so honored to um, stand in this place, although the room is still empty. You know, I believe the same anointing of God is here. And it's not my wisdom, it's not human power, but it's the Word of God that's going to change us today. Amen? And I believe that there's a fresh anointing of Jesus that's going to refresh your heart right where you're at right now. Although you're in your couch, you're in your kitchen table, you are in your car, or wherever you are. I believe that the Spirit of God is limitless, it's unbounded, and it will change our hearts from the inside out. And... I'm going to do something a little different today. Um, you know how sometimes we expect God to show up in the wind or the earthquake or all the bells and whistles and the fire. But his voice is in a gentle whisper of a father. And church today, I encourage you to open your heart just for 15 minutes to listen to the gentle whisper of the father. He is longing for you. He's longing to speak to you. He's longing to encourage you. He's longing to breathe new fire into your soul. And I'm so honored today to have my friend Haiti to speak a testimony. So I'm going to speak for about 15 minutes. Bear with me. Don't go anywhere. I met Haiti in my mom's group at school. Every Monday we pray for our children. The only difference is that after church, after prayer, we all will all run errands, go to our workplace, go to our laptops. And Haiti would run to a children's hospital for a clinical trial for Josiah. And still in the middle of a storm, the fiercest storm in her life, battling for her son's cancer, she's here. She's here to shout out hope. She's here to shout out the name of Jesus, the name above all names. She shout, she, she's here to shout out that God is good. Not when the storm ends. God is good right in the eye of it, right in the middle of it. And I invite all of us here to lean in. Don't sit back. Don't be apathetic. Don't be cynical. Because God is that move. Amen? God is that move. And hear the gentle whisper of the Father today. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. And I'm going to give God room for him to move. Amen. He's going to breathe new fire. <laughs> fire that you can't contain anymore. Romans 4, verse 18-22 says this. This is one of my favorite verses. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. How many of you felt that this has been too long, right? It's almost a year of this pandemic, and here we are still in lockdown, still with masks, right? But even if there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, can you say it with me? For God has said, not what the news said, not what the social media said, not what my friend said, what the Lord has said to him because of that. God said, Abraham, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham chose to listen to that one gentle voice of God. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured that his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. But Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. 
In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. And he was fully convinced that God is able. Can you say it with me? God is able to do whatever he promised to do. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteousness. How many of us here has been listening to the sound of the waves and the sound of the election results and the culture and how vicious the enemies are? And it gives us anxiety and despair and sense of hopelessness. But today, God is telling you, how about starting today, you let your, God's promise to be bigger than your reality? How about today we let God's voice be louder than any other noises in the world? You silence it. You silence it. I want to show you a map. You can, you can probably see it here, but I want to show you a map. Those of you are, are tuning in online. This is a map of when the Israelites is going through wilderness season. Okay, so the funny thing is this, guys, for the Israelites to go from slavery to Canaan, it actually take only a few days. But for them, it took them 40 years, two years to Sinai, 38 more years to go round and round and round. They can't seem to enter to their destiny. And what makes a difference is their perspective and attitude to see their situation. Let's see this map real quick. Is it up there? If you see in the middle, I saw I, I circle the place that's called Wilderness of Paran. The wilderness of Paran is when they are stuck in between their past and their future. They're no longer in Egypt. They're no longer in slavery. But they are in the place where they didn't receive God's promise to the full yet. So how many of us here is in that wilderness? We are no longer in our past, but we're not yet. You know, the, God's promise seems so close, but so far. I've been praying for this for so long. I've been praying for healing. I've been praying for breakthrough. I've been praying for marriage. I've been praying for every consolation. But, but Canaan is still so far. You're stuck in the middle. Friends, right in Numbers 13, I'm going to read to you real quick. There's the story of 12 spies. Numbers 13. And it's so funny how I see these 13 spies, how they can see the same city, the same exact situation, but 10 verses 2 have a completely different reports. It's crazy. It's just like CNN versus Fox News. <laughs> they saw the exact same thing. They saw the riot. They could give a completely different bias report. But we're not listening to the report of men here, right? We're not even listening to the report of the doctors. We're listening to the voice of God. So let me, let me, let me read to you Numbers 13 real quick. Now the Lord said to Moses, this is God's voice. Listen up. If you, if you, if you don't listen, you'll miss this. God says to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader to explore the land. Okay, you missed it. You just missed it. It said again. I'll repeat it. Send out men to explore the land of Canaan to see God's promise. The land I am giving to the Israelites. 
How many of you know that the victory is already yours? The land is already yours, guys. Psalms 27 said, I remain confident is this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. The victory is already ours. Your children is, belongs to Jesus. The blood of Jesus covered them. Your marriage belongs to Jesus. How many of us, like Abraham, we are surrounded by dead things, dead hope, dead plans, dead dreams, you know, dead marriage or dead hope. But just like Abraham, let hope arise today. Amen. Let hope arise. Let's listen to the voice of God it says, I remain confident that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Your story is not done. My story is not done. Ten focus on the giants. Two focus on God. Ten focused that they are grasshoppers, but two believe that they are giant killers. Ten focus on their weakness. Two focus on the greatness of God. Ten focus how big the enemy is. Oh, they're so so gigantic. I can't. We can't defeat them. They're they're too big. We're like we're too small. But two, Caleb and Joshua. Caleb, if you're listening at home. This is prophetic for you. Two, sees something clearly. Caleb and Joshua declares not how big the enemy is, but they declare how big our God is. This is what they said. Verse 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses, giving him bad reports. How many of us has, has taken an intentional, you know, steps to quiet the voice of men, quiet the biasness of media, that fear monger and like trying to, to, to influence your lens. Quiet them. And jo Caleb says this, let's go guys at once to take the land because we will certainly conquer it. The victory is yours. The victory is mine. Amen. And then Joshua said again, the land we traveled through and explore is a wonderful land. If God is pleased with us, he will bring us to safety. Don't rebel against God. Don't be afraid. They are only, only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Friends, what are we focusing on today? What kind of reports are we speaking through our lives? Are we declaring that our God is big? Or are we declaring that this pandemic is too big? I'm just done, you know. The world give us this cynical, cynical vibe. Just, you know, screw all this. I give up. This is too hard. No. God's not done. He's still at work. Amen? He's still at work. The other day, I ran out of contact lens. You guys, if I don't wear my contact lens, I'm basically blind. This is minus eight, minus six and a half. And I was like, oh no, honey, this is my last set of contact lens. What to do? So I order it, right? And then cut, cut story short, I uh, take, take off my old ones. It's expired. I put in a new one. When I put in my right lens, it's becoming even blurrier than before. So I, out of sheer panic, I opened the left one and because I was panicked, okay, am I going really blind? Am I getting old? What's happening? Is the age catching up with me? Like, I can't see. And then out of sheer panic, I put on this, the left eye, and I forgot to take off the old one. So I doubled it. So I was 
going blind for a while. It's like, okay, this is not good. I can't drive. I can't drive my kids to school. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? It's become so disorienting. And I come to realization that when I see the box, I order it wrong. It's not minus eight, it's plus eight. So it's a, it's a cylinder. And I also realized, oh, I doubled the view here. So that's why I've been dizzy, right? Nothing's wrong with me. It's just everything is wrong with my point of view. So I'm asking us a question today. What kind of lenses are we putting in our eyes? Because it were determined, literally, that 10 spies didn't make it to promised land. Only two that sees the promises of God made it to the promised land. I encourage all of us today. I'm giving you a new box of lenses called hope. Put on the perspective of Christ. We're not grasshoppers. We're giant killers. We are victors in Christ. God has already given us the victory. The right lens represents the worldview that we're putting on. We're putting on the left wing, the right wing, the far left, the right left, the conspiracy theories, the blog that we read, the social media, the chatter of the, the friends. And you know if you have the wrong set of lens, you will feel very, very dizzy. No wonder you feel anxious. No wonder we feel so depleted. Because what have we been reading, guys? Just, just like God is asking Elijah, what have you been doing? Put on the right sense of lens, set of lens. And my left lens told me that you can't put your old view and your new view together. <laughs> you can't stack your views. Amen? You rip it out. Rip it out of your eyes. Put on the, the lens of hope. The lens of hope. So guys, I have three. It's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. What do you see? You know, guys? The, the, the news might say that the lockdowns are so bad, it gives depression, anxiety. Do you know in the Bible that lockdowns equal the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? When there were lockdowns in the upper room, God poured out His Spirit and people spoke in tongue and they had new fire and they went wildly into the nation and preached the gospel. When Paul and Silas was in lockdown in prison, they, they, they caused earthquake because they praised and worshiped in that lockdown room. And the other day, I was just sitting there worshiping God. God of my future, God of my present, you hold my story, you hold it all together. And Jesus was there sitting with me. He was having communion with me in the lockdown. And he was pouring out his spirit and I was just bawling my eyes out and I was just dropping to my floor. It's like, God, there is nothing else in the world better than this, better than to be in your presence and just to be with you, Lord. You give me so much satisfaction. Better is one day in his court than a thousand elsewhere. And this is your time to rise up. This is the time God is going to put fire in your bones again. This is the fire God's going to breathe hope again through the gentle whisper of the Father. Simple truth, number one. So simple that sometimes we missed it. Point number one, hope is believing that something good is going to happen in the future. It's like, duh, right? <laughs> but we missed it. We missed it. 
If we don't, if we don't listen, open up our heart, we'll miss it. 1 Peter 1 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, we live with great expectation. Everybody said that with me. Great expectation. Speak it to your soul. Great expectation. Living hope in the original word means elpis. It's to anticipate with pleasure, to look forward to our future with confident expectations, to believe that our future will be better than our present state. But how can we look in, in, in such anticipation and great expectation if we're living in the midst of a pandemic, right? This is the key. Our home is not on earth. Our home is in heaven. Friends, we have to fix our focus on Jesus, on eternity. This earth is not our home. Heaven is our home. Verse 4 said, we live in great expectation because we have a priceless inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. It is pure. It is undefiled. It is beyond reach of change and decay. And that is our home. We know how this story ends, you guys. We will end victoriously in heaven with Jesus sitting with him. And the Satan will be defeated. He has won it all for us. Last week, my good friend asked me this question. By the way, if you're listening, she just received Jesus last Tuesday. I am so excited because there's no greater joy than one person believing in Jesus. She received Jesus in her porch, just like six feet apart distance in the porch. God is working in your porch. Don't underestimate the porch visits. She received Jesus, and I, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that God left the 99 just to seek for the one that's missing. She asked me this question, how, how are you so excited about heaven? How are you not afraid of death? You know, the news of death is all over us. Our relatives, some, a lot of people are dead, dying. How are you not afraid of death? And I said this, imagine a rental place, okay? We're living in the rental place where... The pipe is broken, the toilet is broken, the walls are infested with pests and rats, right? Everything is broken. But you have this hope that you have a permanent home made out of gold that have a flat screen TV, seven bedrooms, swimming pool, park for your kids, all out. Aren't you going to live in that rental place excited <laughs> to go to your permanent home? And that's that kind of excitement we have to have. This broken world full of sickness and cancer and, 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 and dying and, and barrenness, this is just our temporary place. Amen. Our permanent home is in heaven. It never spoil. It never perish. It never faith. It never fade. Number two. First of all, hope is knowing that there's something good in the future. We know how the story ends. We know the ending of our story. Number two, hope is knowing that God is working in our present, even we can't see it. Very simple. We hear it so many times, but we often miss it. 1 Peter 1 said this, So be true, oh, through your faith, okay? God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation this inheritance in heaven. So now, you know, meanwhile, you're on earth. Be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. 
Your faith is being tested as fire tests and purify the gold through your faith is far more precious than gold. Our faith in God's eyes is more precious than any treasures in the earth, on earth. 1 Peter 1 verse 7 says, So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor in the day of Jesus Christ. Point number two. Jesus is at work at our presence even when we can't see it. We can't feel it. While we wait, God's hand is protecting us. God's hand is working in your situation, in your suffering. God's hands are working in your marriage, in your children's hearts, in the salvation of your parents, in your government, in the White House. Yes, in the House and Senate. God's work is working in a public school system. God is at work in Josiah's healing. God is at work in the midst of the, the fiercest storm of divorce. Jesus is at work in the brokenness of debt and, and, and dead end jobs. He is not the only, only the Alpha and Omega. He is the God of the middle. When you're in the wilderness, in between your past and future, God is there. Last Thanksgiving, I have a conversation with my son. And we were just, you know, talking about what could be improved, what went wrong this year, what can we improve as a family. And um, shortly, he just told me, Mom, you've been really busy lately, you know. You're on your laptop, you're away. And I, 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 I noticed that I think I... I catch from him that I have been distant from him. That's what I catch. So after that, I took him to his room and I sat him down and I said, Ethan, something big has happened last year. I'm fighting a curriculum in your school that is so harmful for your soul. I cannot even explain what it is. It's the R90 sex education. So I told him, you don't see it. You don't know what I'm doing, but I am fighting on your behalf. Me and your dad has been gone to war for you. Although I seem distance, but we're writing emails in the background. We're speaking to board meetings. We're rallying parents, signatures, everything, but with him in mind. Because I want him to win. So friends, when you feel like God is distant, God is not present, and he doesn't speak to you, please know that he's working on your behalf in the background. You can't see it. You, don't, you, can, you only feel that he doesn't do anything. You might even feel like he overpassed you and move on to someone more important. No. Every minute of every second, he is fighting for you. He is fighting on your behalf. He is fighting for your case. He's gathering signatures. <laughs> He's rallying people to pray. He's rallying the angels in heaven to intercede for your case. Don't lose hope. Put on the lens of hope. Last point. And I'm so excited to hear Heidi speak. Hope is possessing, possessing peace and joy even in the midst of suffering and storm. Friends, if you love him, even though you've never seen him, though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. God is so delighted in you because even if you haven't seen him, you trust him. If we know how the story ends, it will change our attitude. We will go through this storm with peace, surrender, knowing God is in control. 
He is in control and we're not. And I'm going to end with this. You know how my, my family is so obsessed with Jurassic Park movies? <laughs> the first time I saw that movie when I was a teenager, I was so scared just because it's so intense. Like the scene of that velociraptor in the kitchen, you know, it was so scary for me. But after I watch it over and over and again, last weekend we watch it again because Eli hasn't watched it. It's funny how in the fiercest, darkest, most intense, scary scene, I found us laughing. <laughs> We're like, oh my God, that's so fake, you know? <laughs> like I can see the, like the, the T-Rex is pushing down that window and the, the horror in the kids' faces, like, ah! you know everybody's like in tears and in blood and sweat and we're like here laughing it's like but i can see eli was terrified eli was like oh my gosh that's so scary because that's he didn't know how the story ends right for us we know how the story ends they will live all the main characters live and friends the good news is in the end you will live in eternity with jesus we all live that's the hope that's a true living hope and when we know how the story ends we can go through this storm laughing. <laughs> and then you see how, how terrible our enemy is. You see how puny his, his lies are. Ha! We laugh in the face of suffering and storm and danger. So we know how this story ends. Can we invite Haiti? And can I have a new set of mic if possible? Yeah, okay. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Am I holding this okay? <laughs> um, I just really appreciate uh, the invitation to be here. Thank you so much. Um, Isaiah 40, 31 says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hope brings freedom. To hope in the Lord is to have wild, unbridled freedom. The freedom to believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. When you set your hope on the living God, a God who is so loving and unstoppably powerful, you have the freedom to believe in the deepest parts of yourself that he will accomplish his good and perfect will in your life. It doesn't matter the depth of your troubles, or the height of your obstacles set before you. When your hope is set in the living God, your hope is set in stone. When I think of hope, I think of manna. We're told about manna during the Israelites' journey through the wilderness. They were in a place of complete unknowns, a place where their full reliance on God was absolutely necessary. It was a waiting place, a place between seasons, a learning and growing and shaping place. They didn't know what their future would hold, and with each step they took, they needed a complete trust in God. When they didn't know how they were going to eat, God provided for them. When they needed the most basic necessity of life, God sent food from heaven down to them. He sustained them with his supernatural power, and he still does this today. Amen. Let me tell you a little bit of how he is sustaining me with hope in my wilderness season. In November of 2019, my youngest son, Josiah, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. He was only eight years old at the time, and we were sent down a path I never imagined walking down. 
The first few days were spent in complete shock. There was the diagnosis, and then brain surgery, and then pathology reports showing that it was cancerous. For the first few weeks, I was in utter despair. I was convinced that my son was gonna die. I was tormented constantly by the enemy. It was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I remember walking down the halls of the hospital, wondering if the people who saw him saw a dead kid walking. The lies from the enemy that I allowed myself to believe stole every ounce of hope that I could have mustered. It was as if I was waiting for the inevitable to finally come to pass, waiting with a pit in my stomach and anxiety rising in my heart. <clears throat> I was bound by chains of fear, and I thought that's where I belonged. For someone like me, someone who is naturally hopeful, that was something I had never felt before and never want to feel again. But then something happened, something changed because the Lord never leaves us in that place. One day I heard the Lord ask me, Heidi, do you want me most? Do you want my will to be done no matter what? I did not answer him for a while because I couldn't. I could not answer him with the ready answer I so badly wanted to give because it would have been a lie. My kids were my purpose in life. They were my absolute everything, and my need to protect and care for, and my need to control however I could had taken over that part of my heart that was designed to rely on Jesus. I'm not sure how long it took me, but what the Holy Spirit did in my heart in that span of time changed me for the rest of my life. And as I, was, as I finally answered him, yes, God, your will be done. I knew it was an unconditional answer. I knew, and I knew I was placing my son on the altar next to Isaac. I can tell you, I never in a million years thought that would be something that I would be able to do. But that's because it wasn't me. That was God's work. That was him taking my groanings and my sobs and making them into the prayer that I just couldn't pray. And in doing that, he did one of the most loving things I've ever experienced. He changed my heart to one fully, completely submitted to him, and that has made all the difference. It is only in the place of complete surrender to God that his lasting hope can infuse your heart. It is only in the place of holding your gifts with open hands that you are in the correct posture to receive God's radical manna hope. When I fully opened my hands, that's when the Holy Spirit did his profound heart work on me. In that moment, out of complete loving kindness, he gave me the hope that I could not manufacture on my own. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. I also love the Passion Translation, which says, Let me be clear. The Anointed One has set us free, not partially, completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. I believe the Lord is going to heal my son, and I've been given remarkable confidence in this belief. 
a level of confidence that I don't think I would have been given had I not submitted him to the Lord. God came through for me when he knew, sorry, God came through for me with what he knew I needed to walk this path set before me. Josiah is still in treatment right now. He finished his original course of treatment, which included surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, but three months later, they found two new bright spots in his brain. He's now on a clinical trial, and we are right in the middle of completely uncharted territory. And guess what? I'm even more hopeful now than I was at the beginning. The measures of not only radical hope, but also of trust and peace and joy that I've experienced is indescribable. God has built my faith so immensely through this process that I know without a doubt that he is for my son, not against him. In that same way, I know he is for you, not against you. No weapon that the enemy has formed will prevail over my son's life. No weapon will prevail over your life. And this hope we have, rooted in the love of Jesus, this hope will never disappoint us. Romans 5.5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Friends, it doesn't matter the height of the obstacle. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural world. The unstoppable power of the Lord is always on the side of his children. We are on a journey unlike anything I've ever experienced, and it's thrilling. To use that word to describe walking your child through a relapsed cancer treatment is wild. But that's God. He's wild for me, and he's wild for you. Yes. And there are no barriers to what he can do. He is boundless, and his grace is sufficient for all of it. And when you submit your life to his will, he will be for you absolutely everything you need. He will give you living, breathing hope in the darkest possible circumstances. He will give you peace during the storm, and he will be the ultimate source of stopping the storm altogether. Professor Peter Kreeft once wrote, No one who ever said to God, thy will be done, and meant it with his heart, ever failed to find joy. Not just in heaven or down the road in the future in this world, but in this world at that very moment. So I can stand here in the middle of this wilderness, not knowing the future, but knowing without a doubt that God will take care of my son and he will take care of my family because that is who God is. That is his nature and his nature never changes. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift from above comes down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. He is unstoppable love. He is the strength that lifts up. He is the righteousness that covers us. He is the blood that heals us. It's all his, but it's freely given to all who will receive. When we realize that all good things come from King Jesus, we realize that all we have to do is posture our hearts and hands to receive. When we submit our lives and wishes and desires to God, we can be assured that he will give us all the manna we need, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in. My friends, if you want to see God's unstoppable power manifest in the world around you, to see lives and minds changed, 
to see scales falling off of eyes, to see miracles, to see the glory of God shining on earth as it is in heaven, then allow the true cry of your heart to be, thy will be done. And you will find that you will soon be filled to the brim with his love, and you will be overflowing with hope for your own life and for the lives of those around you. Amen. Thank you. Church, won't we um, raise, can you stay here? Can we, wherever you are right now, can you lift up your hands, lift up our voice, and we stand in the gap for Josiah right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for such a message of hope that you've given through Heidi right now. The Alanis family right now, Jesus, we as a church intercede and stand in the gap in the middle of clinical trials, in the middle of cancer treatments, in the mid middle of brain tumor reoccurring. Jesus, you are more real than that. You are more real than all of that. And you silence all the fear. You silence all the report of the doctor that says that is going to be negative. But Lord, we said that we are giant killers. We know how this story ends, Lord. We claim victory over Josiah. We claim victory over, over our, our situation, Lord. And we just praise you we give all the honor and glory to you and and just take off all this spotlight from us to you Jesus because without you this is all impossible we wouldn't even be here standing if it's not because of you and Jesus this radical hope that is in Haiti Lord you multiply it give her boldness to speak this radical hope speak to darkness and darkness will flee speak to despair and despair will flee we exchange it with the hope of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. Healing flows over Josiah right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, let's close in prayer. Wherever you are right now, under the voice, under my voice, I'm praying that we're speaking to your spirit right now to rise up. This is the time for the church to shine. This is the time for us to grab the calling of God and just finish the job, the mission that God has in front of us. Just take off all the sin that easily entangles us and run with endurance in the race that I have set before you. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And now even you're in your living room, you might be feeling down or tired or 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 fatigued or anxious jesus will lift it up and replace it with radical hope wherever you are let's declare this together that he is the god of the middle he's not just the god of the beginning and the ending alpha and omega but he's right here right in the wilderness with us to give us our manna thank you jesus Yes, Lord. Speak it in our life right now. We declare, declare, spirit of hope to arise in the name of Jesus. Minister to us, Lord. Oh, give room for Jesus to speak into you. Give room for him to move again in your hearts. Give him to room to revive every dry bones. We will rise up like an army. Yes, Lord.
Isolated. No, you are made for a purpose. You are made for communion. You are made for the family of God to surround you with hope and peace. You are made for more. God, I speak right now. I bind every spirit of despair, every spirit of darkness, every spirit of uh, depression and anxiety to leave in the name of Jesus. You have no place in our life anymore. No, this is not the story. How the story ends. We're going to begin 2021 with a heart full of hope, with a contact lens of hope. 
And Jesus, we believe that we will see your goodness in the land of the living. If it's not good, you're not done. If it's not good, you're not done. And declare this in your life. If this is not good, God is not done. He's faithful to begin His story in you and finish it because He's faithful. God, I bind every spirit of um, anxiety, Lord. Every, every spirit that, that feels that they want to give up. Against all hope, Abraham believed. Believe in the dead wombs. Believe. Speak life into it. Speak life into your dead marriage. Speak life into your dead end job. Speak life into your dead heart. Speak life into it. God is breathing new life into it. God is breathing new spirit into it. Breathe, Lord Jesus. Alive. 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 In Jesus' name. New hope. New hope. New hope. New future. If this is you, type it in the chat. New hope. I find new hope in Jesus. Declare the name of Jesus. In your mighty name, Lord, we pray and we give thanks. Amen. Have a happy Sunday, everybody. I hope to see you soon. I hope that this sanctuary will be filled again with the praises for Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Have a good, have a good weekend. Love you.